Hi, this is Kimberly Reuter, and you're listening to my Clarity Scale Growth Podcast. So what happens if you're not running a, a nice, clean import logistics uh, supply chain is that you run out. Uh, and you lose sales because you're out of stock or you have too much and now you have to pay for storage or you have to put it in an FTZ or if your product is very seasonal, you may have to sell it at a reduced cost in order to liquidate the product at some point in the future. Uh, import logistics is, is basically like conducting an orchestra. Um, you have the manufacturer who has to get it to the port. You have the port who has to get it on the ship. You have the ship who has to make it on time. You have the other port on the, in the importing country that has to offload the, the product. You have to clear it through customs and other government agencies. Uh, and then you have to have a trucker or you have to have the freight uh, devanned into a warehouse. And all of that has to be orchestrated perfectly uh, in order for basically the import supply chain to sing, uh, if we want to stay with like our orchestra opera um, uh, example. And so a lot of what that takes is one is wisdom of then you've been there before, you, you can predict the problems that are going to happen. I think it's about mental model and how you think about your import supply chain and your ability to influence those around you because you have to have a good relationship with your trucker because if you don't, your trucker's not going to go pick up your freight on time or he may pick it up eventually when he gets around to it. But his sense of urgency is going to change uh, depending on his relationship with you. You, you have to have a relationship with the ports, with the workers at the ports. Uh, do they support you? Do they believe in you? Have you been honest with them in the past? Have you jerked their chain? They remember all of these things. So the next time you pick up the phone and you say, hey, I have a hot box and I need you to hot mount it. If you've pulled their chain a couple of times in the past, you may jump down to the end of the queue. And that's the way that it works. So a lot of when I talk to new grads or people who are just getting into this industry or college students, uh, and they ask, they go, oh, you know, should I get a master's degree? Should I go back through my PhD? I, you know, all of that information is, is helpful and it's useful and it's knowledge. But what it really takes in import logistics, in my opinion, is wisdom. And that is what you get from actually being on the ground and working and standing in the line with the truckers and understanding how a port actually works, not in a book, not in a class where they showed you a sign, like this is what actually happens, but actually being there and understanding the people who work the piers and being able to speak their language. I always had really great relationships with my truckers because I was empathetic because I knew that if I didn't give them the delivery order three days in advance, yeah, they could probably still pick up my shipment. Yeah, they probably still do it. Yeah, they might charge me a little bit extra. They might be a little pissed off about it. But it put them under pressure and it made them feel uncomfortable and it made them do something that didn't feel good. Whereas if I just put in a little bit of extra effort, if I just took a little extra step and, and got them their information early, then they could plan. And then they could make sure that they had Thursday afternoon free to go to the baseball game for their child. Or they could get home on time on Friday. Or they wouldn't have to work over the weekend. Or whatever it was. And it was those little steps, those little pieces that made a difference in those relationships. We're all human. And humans want to do the right thing. They want to be there for each other. They want to help. They want to, what I say, they want to do good because um, that's what humans are wired to do. Now, occasionally you run into the, you know, you'll run into a jackass and that you deal with those a little bit differently. But yeah, the, the idea is not to highlight that somebody screwed up. The idea is to say, hey, we have a problem. How are we going to fix this? Because whether or not I personally like you or whether or not I know that you did or didn't do the job correctly, I still need to get my import shipment moving. And the way to do that is for us to work together.
And then you address whatever the issue was. You come back later and say, look, this particular issue is what's causing this problem. How do we fix it forever so that we don't ever have to talk about this again? Uh, and there's certainly been situations where I created processes. So I never had to talk to a specific person again because that particular person was a pain in the butt. Uh, whatever the situation was, they still wanted to do good. About seven or eight years after I left Amazon, actually it was seven or eight years after I'd left that department because I stayed on at Amazon for another three years, uh, they were still using the processes that I put in place uh, because they were bomb-proof and they were data-driven and they were not fluffy and they were straight. Uh, they were almost like forged out of steel. I mean, they weren't attractive, uh, but they were efficient and they were clean and they were strong. Uh, and a lot of the tech uh, that we designed at Amazon for Amazon Global, don't tell me no. Don't tell me I can't. We can. It may take time and money, but we can always do it. And that's a big part of it. And a great way to do that um, is with data, right? Because you can't argue with data. I don't want to make it sound like I've always been a nice person because people who've worked with me in imports will say, uh, we've gotten our asses chewed a couple times by Kim. And that is certain. I am the first to jump out with the whip if it's not working. Launching a new business is actually super easy. What's hard is keeping that momentum year after year after year after year and continuing to treat everything like it was day one and continuing to innovate and continuing to know if you're losing or you're winning. It truly is a beautiful thing. I think I, I wrote a blog recently when I talked about making logistics delightful. It, it becomes delightful. You're almost excited to come in and look at your report every morning to be like, yeah, check, 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 we're done. Um, and that's a really good feeling to be able to have that. So it's not only knowing about what to do right, it's also knowing what to do when it goes wrong. And I think that's, and that's back to what we've been talking about. It takes wisdom, it takes experience, it takes knowledge, and it takes having a tribe of people who are there to help you when things go wrong. And you can't have that if you haven't earned respect, shown respect, had authenticity, and exhibited integrity. Because those people will not be there to help you when it goes belly up. They just won't. They won't have time. And when you've got a great relationship with someone and with all of your partners and, and you know, when you're working in imports, you're working with, you know, 15, 20 different people on a single shipment. If you have good relationships and they trust you, then they will do that. They will catch it for you and say, um, hey, hi, hey uh, um, I, you normally always send these to me like two days ago. I haven't heard from you. Is everything okay? I know we have a shipment coming up. Um, and if you don't have the respect or you haven't been respectful to them, they won't do that. They'll just let it slide. Doesn't, I tell this to people all the time. Right? I'm like, if it's 10 or 10,000, if you have the right process, it doesn't matter. If you're, if you're driving with data, it doesn't matter. If you're being predictive, it doesn't matter. Um, when it does matter is when you aren't all those things. So when you aren't all those things and you have 10,000 shipments, it feels like a million shipments. Do not reward firefighters. Ever. You must reward the fire preventers. Because firefighters want nothing more than a big fire that they can drive in on their big truck with the lights and the sirens and the hoses and the outfits and save the day. And they will create fires 
so that they can come in in their big red trucks, the lights and the hoses and the outfits and save the day. Because with the fire preventers, no one ever talks about the fire preventer. No one ever talks about the great job that their fire alarm in their home did. They only talk about what the firefighter did. Since you must reward the fire preventers because those are the people who are actually working the hardest.